Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate Team Mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi guys, welcome back to Feathers in My Hair. Let me just start out by saying happy Hanukkah. I'm recording on night four of Hanukkah. It's been a beautiful festival of lights. I ran out of candles today and my Walgreens had no Hanukkah candles and it took me like 10 minutes to find new ones in Publix. It was a big, big, big to do, but you know, that's good. Um, I have a guest on, a very special guest. She's a dear internet friend of mine. We like a lot of the same things, like a lot of the same TV shows and also like the worst YouTube videos that you can imagine. We share in our heart a special YouTuber YouTuber named Lauren Gardner. We're fucking obsessed with her. Uh, if you like to watch somebody talk for 45 minutes about what they bought at TJ Maxx, I like high, high, high key uh, suggest you watch her. But if you don't, like you could skip her. And I have on Anastasia Moore. Hi. Hi. Happy Hanukkah. Oh, thank you. I know you're not Jewish. You're you're Christian Orthodox. Is that how you, what is it? It's Russian Orthodox. Okay. Um, I knew it wasn't Greek yeah. Orthodox, and then I wasn't sure, like... <laughs> what? It's the same thing. It's basically the same thing. If you saw my big fat Greek wedding, that's my life just with a Russian twist. Um, but I love that you brought up LG. I wanted to introduce myself and be like, hi, hello, welcome to Tiffany Blue and Baby Pink, the new LG podcast. And then just go from there. So LG, as we call her, buys everything in the colors Tiffany blue and pink. Um, and it, well, it just it's insane. Like you guys should watch it. She's like kind of she's so nice and so bubbly, but she's like a hard 26, I would say, and living at her parents, which is like totally cool, except for the fact that she's like, this idea that she's going to move to L.A. and be an actress, except like she's 26 and she has no joke, she just buys stuff every day for her future apartment in L.A., which is, like, so weird and sad because she's probably not going to move to L.A., but she's honestly, like, the, she seems so fucking nice. Like, I would want to be her friend in real life because she's so nice. Also, LG, like, if you're listening, huge fan. I need another What's in My Moving Tub video yeah. ASAP. Yeah. She's like, also, like, a hoarder. I say this with love. It's a whole thing. All right. So Stas and I are both like fucking obsessed with Teen Mom, of course. That's why I have her on. She's quite knowledgeable. We gave her a shout out in somebody's episode, maybe either Tomlin or Jesse's. And we were talking about her as one of the one of the uh, fellow scholars of Teen Mom, if you will. I'd say you're about as deep into this shit as I am. Would you agree? <laughs> Um, yeah, it's really concerning. I was at a Christmas party this weekend and my one coworker was like, oh my God, team mom. And I was like, oh my God, what do you think about Amber being pregnant? And he was like, I didn't know. And I was like, oh, okay. I'll, sorry. You didn't need to throw a ton of information. Spoiler alert. I, I know. I felt spoiler alert guys. Like if you didn't know, which you do, Amber's pregnant. I need to talk about it more. 
I have like no outlet to talk about it with, but I also have nothing to say about it. It's the weirdest, like weirdest feeling and weirdest reaction to a pregnancy ever. I, I feel actually, like I've been running around I know screaming exactly it, what you but mean. I think it's because we haven't seen anything of substance related to her pregnancy. We haven't seen photos. She hasn't posted an ultrasound. Like even though Kayla was like kind of private with her pregnancy, we still saw like the occasional ultrasound photo. We still saw photos of like her being pregnant. Yeah. So it doesn't feel real. When Amber, at all. When Amber posted that it was a boy, I like literally my thought was congrats, I guess. <laughs> like I right, and I think it was weird because she kept using clip art and things that she Googled to announce it, which made it feel less personal. Yeah. Like, you know how she wrote it in the beach and she was like, we're pregnant. She didn't write that. She found that on Google. Yeah, that's so, so true. It's, t- it's, it's so disconnected. Ugh. It's so weird. So, okay, this week was Janelle's The X-Files, which we both watched, of course. I ended up having to pay $1.99 for it because my fucking DVR didn't record it and... AT&T U-verse on demand is garbage. Like, compared to Comcast, it's straight garbage. I couldn't find it on demand, so I paid money for it. But you know what? Like, it, it was fine. I thought it was... I wanted more from it, but I'm not sure what else they could have given us. So I think my issue with, with it was MTV kind of lied to us when they were hyping it up. It was what a glorified clip show, which is great. You know, I relived some great memories. Wonderful. We saw, you know, we didn't really see a lot of Cortland on the actual show. So like that was nice, but it wasn't, I don't know. I don't know if I thought it was going to be like, remember when MTV did that dad special? Yeah. And it was like all of them hanging out. Weekend of course, if you will. Yeah, but at the same time, I was like, MTV doesn't have enough insurance to do that. Like, there is no insurance in the world that would allow all of Janelle Evans, like, <laughs> former and present significant others in a room. That's true. I I really but, don't know what I thought it would be, and I don't know what I was expecting. I think being Nathan was just so fucking good that I want everything else to be being Nathan. And I need to understand, like, that's not going to happen. Unless we got, like, a whole... It just... I thought, I think I thought we would get more of them, like, interacting in real life and more of a being special, you know? Like, I thought we would maybe, like, yeah. follow Andrew to a bar when he gets obliterated and Kiefer when he goes to buy drugs and uh, Gary maybe, like, fighting with a girlfriend and Cortland doing God knows what. I thought it'd be more like that. I didn't think it would like, basically be just talking heads. Well, and I think the other weird thing was it kind of sugarcoated everyone. Yeah. Everyone. Because then it was like, oh, like, yeah, I choked Janelle Evans out, but, like, I'm a barber now, so it's fine. I'm a responsible person. And I'm like, no, like, it's not fine. But, like, great. Glad you're contributing to society. Like, yeah, it just felt like everything got, like, this happy ending. Like, even, like, even, like, Andrew, for, like, as dark as Andrew's segment felt, Let's talk it Andrew. still was just like, okay, like this whole thing was worth it if only for that clip of him walking down the street in New York <laughs> with a backpack on, a suit he absolutely got at Goodwill, and white like New Balance sneakers that my dad wears. 
and the earrings. I need like that earring. Like a George Michael Faith earring. <laughs> Did he get that at Hot Topic? I, uh, Who still makes that earring? I ha- have so many questions about Andrew. First of all, I'm pretty sure he has a second kid and the second kid lives in Florida. I think it's a boy. We don't really know anything about him. Weirdly enough, I don't know if it's because he's not on social media or if like the Janelle Twitter mob just doesn't care about him, but we know very little about Andrew as a whole. So I know Andrew's son is named Jake. Which uh, I always thought was weird. That's very similar to Jace. Jace. <laughs> yeah, and and there was that infamous the rap Jace rap song. Mm-hmm. Which if you have not seen it, please pause, put it on. Yeah, Backwards. yeah. Andrew but did a rap song about Jace, and it's a lot. It's a lot. But you're right. Like I feel like we've never like dug any we as if it's like me doing it, but like no one's ever dug anything up on him. Like we haven't found arrest records like we like no. i don't i don't Nobody know follows so his shit. He, i don't think anybody cares just, right and like i care but i i don't care i care because i'm a completionist and i need to know everything yes. but at the same time i'm like i don't have the patience for this like yes. i don't have the time to find out about him the two of us are similar in that like if we watch something we need to watch it like from the beginning was it you and mm-hmm. I that were talking about, like, the fair erotic novels? And I was like, and you, like, maybe found yes. the second one. And I was like, we can't read this. Like, what, we're going to skip the first one? Like, I, I I can't. I have to, like, know everything from the beginning. Like, when people tell me to just jump into something, I'm like, I don't think so. Like, I, I can't just jump in. I have to start at the beginning. No, that's exactly, that was me, one, and that's exactly how I am, and I almost bought the complete series for $1,000 on Amazon, <laughs> because her publisher is no longer existing. Of course. no longer exists. So it's, like, out of print. Why doesn't she but self-publish them onto Kindle? Noble. Why doesn't she just self-publish them onto Kindle like everybody else is doing? I would pay for it. Yeah. Sarah, if you're listening, I'll pay for it. So, yeah. Send me an email. I, we don't really know a lot about Andrew, but according to Andrew, he is living in New York City. How Andrew's making a living, he mentions event planning, and I'm like, okay, Stassi Schroeder, like, (laughs) I guess, um, I guess that's where he was going in his suit and his sneakers. The look, the overall, like, suit and sneakers look was very, like, working girl, you know, like, a girl in new york city who has to like change her uh heels out like to walk to the subway she puts on not uh, sneakers yes i want to play new jerusalem as he like during that scene <laughs> like in the background he is that's exactly just, he was so working girl yeah even I the earring i just don't what an enigma he was so we find out and i think we knew he was like 21 when janelle was 16 he tells this story about how they met on Facebook and like the first time he met Janelle, she like tried to say hi to her and he like wrapped her up in his arms and kissed her, which like not in the Me Too era, Andrew, like that's not a 2017 storyline. And he called it true romantics. Well, and I love that Janelle, they like asked Janelle about it. She's like, he thought it was romantic, but it was just weird as shit. Yeah, wait, let's talk about and Janelle. Rem- first of all, she looked amazing i thought i loved the boob shirt her makeup looked flawless her hair looked great i think she looked really on point for this she did and like 
her boobs looked great. great. And I was so impressed at how in, how calm she was. And I also noticed that her voice has changed. Has we, have we ever discussed this? Like when she talks, uh, when we see the old clips of her and Andrew when she's pregnant with Jace, her voice is completely different now. Her voice used to be so soft and more yeah, I, Massachusetts. I know what you're saying. I think it's just like she's lived in the South for 10 more years. You know, she moved to North right. Carolina when she was, I think, 11. And we see her in six, five years later. It's now been another 10 years. Now she's been living in the South longer than she lived up North, you know? So I oh, yeah, absolutely. that's was probably just... part of it. No, but now I, I do know what you're saying. It's probably like the cigarettes and weed and <laughs> just like growing up a little, I guess. I will say I thought she did really good in this interview. She wasn't sugarcoating things except like when she got to David. But what's she going to do? Like give the nasty history right. of her and David? Like that's not happening. And that's not just a Janelle thing. Like. Nobody would do that, you know? Like, no one's going to be like, like, you're getting married. You wouldn't be like, and then we have this huge fight, but we're still getting married. I mean, I hope you guys don't have Janelle David fights, but still, you know, like, (laughs) obviously, you're going to tell the good stories about the guy that you're married to. But I just, I thought she was, like, really open and honest for Janelle and wasn't, um just writing it off like no we barely even date because sometimes Janelle can do this thing where when she's in a relationship she's like we've been together five years and you're like Janelle you've been together for 14 months like chill out and then as soon as she's out of the relationship she'll be like we barely even dated like she just either is like maximizing or minimizing and I didn't feel like she was doing that in this well I felt like all of the guys were sugarcoating it and she wasn't like Cortland was like she's still great like she's like Cortland basically said she was the one that got away and she's like don't ever hang out with Cortland because you will go to jail and I'm like life motto yeah yes she was really open about like doing drugs and yeah I don't know I found her just I thought like at the end of it I was like good job oh also I forgot to mention I really loved when they were like We'll go over the love, the courtship. And I'm like, the courtship? Like, am I watching the Duggars? Like, Janelle's never courted anybody. (laughs) Nor has she, like, been courted. No! Like, someone, like, comes to Janelle and is like, hey, found you on Tinder. And she's like, great, move in. (laughs) Consistently. Should we get pregnant? Okay, let's go. Great, we'll never fight. Yeah. So, no. With Andrew, too... I was so happy they found Andrew because it brought my favorite Barbara Janelle moment that no one ever talks about. And it's when they're Skyping Andrew and they're standing there and they have the exact same pissed off look in their face. And he's going on and on about how he's now going to be in Jace's life. And he's crying these happy tears that after like five years, he finally knows that he's Jace's father. And he's like, okay, bye. Love you both. And they were both like, what? Like, are you kidding me? We don't love you. And it was such like, oh, like, it was such like a sweet, like, you guys do care about each other. And I wish this, like, Janelle and Barbara versus the world was a thing more. Mm -hmm. Because I loved them being there. Like, crossed over arms, like, resting bitch face, being like, we're not buying any of your bullshit. But that also sounds very destructive in the real world. That's a good episode, that whole thing. Like, Andrew's yes. fedora in that episode is oh. a look. 
I love that we're watching them Skype each other, but, like, we're not seeing them via Skype. We're, like, seeing each person Skyping, like. Yes, it's amazing. But it also is a very low-key hurtful scene when he's looking at, like, precious baby Jace, and he's, like, look at him. He looks nothing like me. I feel nothing towards this child. And I'm, like, he's a mini you, Andrew. Like, if you don't see it. It's like a high-key hurtful scene. He's like, nope, that kid, I want nothing to do with that kid. Um, but I feel like when we talk, like, darkest teen mom moments you're or, right. like, hurtful teen, no one brings it up. This yeah. episode has been, like, blanked from people's memory. I actually forget that episode happened, like, all the time. And I always forget that we saw Andrew during Teen Mom. I'm always like, no, right. we only saw him on 16 and pregnant. I always forget about that for some reason, but you're absolutely right. So, yeah, I thought it was, like, fun to see Andrew on camera, but it's also awful that, like, you know he only showed up because MTV paid him, and he literally has never been in Jace's life at all. Also, it's always, like, just not acknowledged the fact that he was, like, a grown adult in his 20s, and Janelle was 16 when she got pregnant. Like, and why... They were, he was talking to a 16 year old. Like, that's disgusting. Also, they were together for two years before they got pregnant with Jace. Like, the infamous, like, were they? Here's the thing Janelle sometimes says they were in her book. I don't, after reading Janelle's book, like a true teen mom (laughs) scholar, she had this other boyfriend that she called William. Um, that she was with, like, that was the first guy she smoked pot with when she was around 14. And she kind of made it seem like Andrew is more of a rebound for William. And I think, yeah, because Janelle on 16 Pregnant says they've been together for three years. I would guess they've been together, like, less than a year before she got pregnant, would be my guess. So she still was, like, maybe 15 in the infamous, like, don't say a word as he kissed. Because he told her, don't yeah. say a word, and then kissed her. Like, so gross. So uncomfortable to think about how young she was. And I think about that with a lot of the girls. Like, we genuinely just forget that they were babies yeah. on 16 and Pregnant. Yeah. They absolute babies. So, yeah, that was so, Andrew's scene. And then next comes Kiefer. Oh, sorry. Do you have something else to say about Andrew? Wait. Two questions. Yeah. One do you think he really pays child support? And two, should I hire his event planning company? I don't remember. Does he pay child support? Did he say he paid child he support? Said, he said he's like, I've been paying child support to Jace Evans for three years. And I thought it was such a weird sentence because he doesn't say, like, I've been paying it to Barbara. I've yeah. been paying it to Janelle. It was a very weird sentence. And I was like, but Jace isn't three. Well, I guess he was, I mean, I guess he was like four or five, you know, when they did that DNA test and they definitely didn't have child support before then. I guess he does pay child support. I would bet it's like $100 a month max. You think he has that money? Mm, I mean, no, I don't know. And yes, of course you should hire his event company. (laughs) I mean, do you think, do you think he has a business card we could get our hands on? Like, how do you think one contacts Andrew Lewis's event company? Do you think he has a LinkedIn? I wonder if he has a LinkedIn. Look. <laughs> I, um, I, I can also, see him having a LinkedIn in like an awful headshot. Also, she like mentioned, she's like, I was hoping Jace's father was the other guy, but doesn't yeah. say who it was. And like, I don't think we've ever really 
we didn't really know that like he there wasn't a possibility of him not being the father until that weird episode Mm -hmm. and they never brought that up again so i always wanted to know like who was was it that william guy was it someone else like i don't know i'm very very confused by that yeah i mean janelle basically said i bet he's just like a normal guy that like partied with her when she was 15 you know like was Mm -hmm. I think of all like the people that you knew in high school that you went to a party with when you were 15 and I bet he does have his life together today he's you know he's probably I think he's probably just totally normal would be my guess (laughs) totally normal okay Kiefer Kiefer so seeing Kiefer was like honestly upsetting to me now Kiefer I think gets a by me included, a rose-colored revisionist history, uh, like, look back when we look at him. It's easy to be like, Kiefer's the only guy that ever really loved her. Like, Kiefer was great. I mean, Kiefer was awful. He and Janelle had an awful relationship. Once Kiefer was finally out of the picture, and, like, before anybody kind of knew about Nate, or even, I guess, Cortland, people were like, oh, my God, I hope he's better than Kiefer. Like, Kiefer was not good for her but compared to all the rest of her boyfriends I feel like Kiefer is the one that probably did actually love her and didn't care about her being on Teen Mom you know like they met on like the second episode of Teen Mom I'm I really think he didn't give a fuck about that I think he I don't know he says in the episode that he doesn't do hard drugs anymore which I find hard to believe, and if true, I'm assuming he's drinking a lot. Like, he had that swollen face of an alcoholic. He had this weird sway that he was doing during all of his interviews, and I found it so distracting because he just, like, kept swaying back and forth. And I was like, I I know nothing about drugs, guys, so I have no clue if that was, like, a sign of anything. I think he might like, be drunk. To be honest, like, I would maybe believe that, honestly, I don't think Kiefer can really, like, afford to be a heroin addict. And I think if he was a heroin addict, he would have been in and out of jail a lot more than he actually has been in the last however many years, you know, five years. I can, Mm -hmm. I bet Kiefer wakes up every day and buys, like, a pint of, like, rock gut vodka that he drinks. You know, like... I feel yeah. like he's like a wino bum. Like he's like a bum alcoholic. Like when you think of like how they would cast like a homeless alcoholic in a movie, like that's Kiefer. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. And I do think that the fandom as a whole dies baby Kiefer a little bit. And I don't yeah. know if it's just because Kiefer was around for the greatest Janelle moments. So we associate him with like one peak teen mom too. And like peak Barbara and Janelle, like before yeah. it got like devastatingly like sad and dark. Yeah. It was just like hysterical. You know, like um, he shot Janelle up with heroin. Sure. But I am also a belief that like Kiefer said, if it wasn't him, it would have been someone else. I absolutely believe that. And, mm-hmm. like, the fact is, like, he didn't strangle Janelle. He and Janelle, like, didn't have physical fights beyond, like, that one that we saw. There wasn't a lot of physical fighting between the two of them. It wasn't, like, Cortland or Nathan or mm-hmm. probably David where there was, like, a lot of 
physical violence. Well, and especially because I feel like since David's been in the picture and people have wanted David out of the picture, people keep saying, I just want Kiefer to like get out of jail, get out of whatever and like find Janelle so they can be together. And part of me is like, Kiefer might truly be the only person that Janelle would leave David for at this time. And she even kind of hinted at it. Like the way she talked about him, it was like, yeah, like, you know, it was like a really dark time, but like, he was so funny. Yeah, I think he I and Janelle, was... like, are, were truly best friends. Like, they, Janelle, okay, I know we always kind of talk about how Janelle, like, morphs herself into whatever boyfriend she has, but I think she was her most authentic self with Kiefer. I don't think Janelle, like, yeah. worried about changing herself to fit anything when she was with Kiefer. You know, like, she wasn't trying to take on his activities and hobbies because, let's be real, like, Kiefer didn't really have activities and hobbies. Like, he's a fucking junkie. Um, But he he didn't... I'm sorry, I shouldn't say junkie. I'm, like, trying not to say that about other people and only about myself. It's not a good word to use. Um, I apologize for that. He didn't... I don't know. She she was just her, I think. I think the Janelle that was with Kiefer is the real Janelle that we don't see that often anymore. And I think that... Kiefer is a good person that is just, like, ravaged by drugs and alcohol. But I think deep down he, like, maybe he doesn't have a lot of drive, you know? Like, he's not a scholar. Like, he, he's not going to be a CEO if he gets sober. But I think he's funny and he's fun and he makes people feel good about themselves. And I just, I think it's easy to... I don't know. I think he and Janelle were like genuinely best friends, which she wants us to believe is the case with all of the rest of her boyfriends. Like we are best Mm -hmm. friends. Like we love each other. But I think Kiefer like genuinely was her best friend that she's probably ever had in her entire life. Even since then. No, I agree. And I feel like part of it too is I feel like everyone knows a Kiefer. Like, we mm-hmm. all went to high school with a Kiefer, and he sat in the back of class, and he yeah. was really funny, but kind of disruptive, and he was cute, but in a grimy way, <laughs> and you kind of thought, like, oh, I could probably fix that. Yeah. But he, you see him now, and he's where Kiefer is at, maybe a little better, but not much. Where did they say Kiefer is living? Did he say Pennsylvania? Yeah, and I I kept trying to figure out what town he was saying in Pennsylvania. I think it's because I lived in Pennsylvania for five years. I think it's Western and it was Pennsylvania. Like, is that what he said? Because I was like, "What town was this?" Well, I don't know what I town he said. He said it, but I I think it's Western Pennsylvania because I do know that. In case you guys were wondering, Kiefer for the past couple of years has been like traveling around the country on Greyhound, just kind of going where he can get work, and he spent a lot of time in Indiana. He actually ended up at one point dating and living with this girl who was, like, originally... Oh, this is such a long story, but uh, to make it quickly, she made a Twitter account pretending to know Janelle and, like, be a Janelle hater. And then it kind of came out, like, that she didn't actually know Janelle, but she was still kind of well-known around, like, the Twitter hating circle. Her name was Kelsey. And then Kiefer and her started talking, and she, like, moved Kiefer to Indiana to, like, live with her. Or Illinois, maybe. Somewhere, like, out there. And kind of ever since then, my impression from, like, this is me being a fucking psychopath, 
is that I, like, will check his mom's Facebook. Because Kiefer's kind of fallen off social media in the last year. So I just like to see if he's doing okay. And, <laughs> like, sometimes he'll respond to people's, uh, like, Facebook posts. But he, like, basically, I think, just, like, travels the Midwest, like, working odd jobs. And so I think he's probably in, like, West. I wouldn't be surprised if he, like, went Indiana to Ohio to Western Pennsylvania. You know, like, that mm-hmm. area. Mm-hmm. No, that makes a lot of sense. I was just shocked that he said what town he was in. Yeah. I just feel like he's never wanted any part of the Teen Mom fame. And I feel like if anyone could have capitalized on it, and if, like, MTV was willing to follow any ex, it's Kiefer. Yeah. I, in a way, was very sad to see him do this. Because he, I'm Facebook friends with Kiefer, obviously. Because (laughs) why wouldn't I be Facebook friends with Kiefer? He, like, accepted my ad. That was great. Um, He, sometimes people will, like, comment on his Facebook, like, hey, they mentioned you on Teen Mom. And you'll be like, don't fucking mention that to me. Like, you should know better. I don't want anything to do with that. He has, in the last couple years, been very anti-Teen Mom. And when they, like, announced they were filming with exes, I was like, wow, I really will be surprised if Kiefer does it. Because he seems to fucking hate Teen Mom. And and wouldn't you if you were him? You know, like, what good has Teen Mom brought him in his life at all? He's one of the most notorious cast members, you know, from Teen Mom in general. Um, He's, like, very recognizable. He's basically the only black guy to ever be on the show. He's... He's very, not unique looking, but he's not just like some guy that fades into the background. And he was such a major character for so many seasons. And I'm positive the only reason he did it is because MTV gave him however much money they gave him. And that, I it just makes me feel sad that he, like, look, if MTV came and offered me $2,500, like, I can't say that I would say no. Like, I could really use $2,500. But, like, Kiefer probably really needs $2,500. Like, does Kiefer have a place to live right now? You know? Like, Kiefer is a person that, like, goes homeless. Like, he is homeless sometimes. I mean, we saw him and Janelle be homeless on the show. Like, he, out of all those guys, maybe Andrew, too, but I don't really care about them exploiting Andrew. You know? Like, (laughs) I I just don't have any empathy for Andrew whatsoever. And Kiefer is really genuinely the only boyfriend of Janelle's that I ever have empathy for. And I just really was, I I was disappointed in a way, not because he agreed to do it, but because he was obviously in a position where he had to agree to do it. So I thought that they had only gotten paid $250. I'm like comforted that it's well, like $2,500. I just guessed that number, but remember Gary Head tweeted that MTV offered him $250 to do something and he said no. But then he did end up filming. I find it hard to believe it was $250. And I think we know for a fact that, like, Tori used to get paid, like, $2,500 a season. So I would guess. I would bet for being Nathan, Nathan got, like, fifteen k was, I think, the number oh, that yeah. I guess for being Nathan. But for these, I would bet it's, like, $2,500. I'd feel pretty comfortable saying it's between $1,500 and $2,500. Should I feel comfortable saying that? No. What the fuck do I know? But that's my... <laughs> That's my guess. No, I, I agree. Because I was about to say, like, I remember the $250 tweet. And I was like, I wanted to, like, tweet all of them and be like, let me negotiate your contract. <laughs> do not do this for $250. No. I can get you more. Yeah. Also, like, Gary Head has a job. Like, I don't really think he would have done it for $250. 
Um, I don't think Nathan would have done it for 250. I mean, Nathan, though, is obviously going to get a bigger fee because he's still in the show. He's a character. Mm-hmm. I just, Cortland would have done it for free. I don't think they would have had to pay Cortland one single cent. <laughs> no, I agree. I just found, I don't know. And I, I, even if Kiefer is desperate, I feel like it had to be over $250 for him to say yes. No, I, I think he definitely got paid more. Um, I also, also like always forget too how the Kiefer seasons, how uncomfortable so many of the scenes were. Yeah. Like they show the scene of them nodding out Ugh. on the couch with the puppy in her lap. And it's like, oh, like this. I don't think it registered the first time I saw that scene. How bad it was. Um, right. And just how like, and he, they're like stumbling around the apartment. And he's like, where's my stuff, baby? And she's like, I don't know. Not I just put stuff. him somewhere. He was saying, where's my Xanax? Yeah. And it was like, I, I don't yeah. know. Like, it's like, this is such an uncomfortable side of someone's life to see. Like, this is the lowest of the low and it always amazes me like for all of her faults how quickly janelle seemed to have bounced out of that addiction that's definitely true definitely true um there is so who's next all right Cortland. Cortland. Cortland is (sighs) i like I could have done without seeing Cortland ever again in my entire life. Oh, and no, I'm, wait. Gary I Head came he... next. We skipped Gary Head. We skipped Gary Head. Okay, with his, his Civil War sideburns that he was rocking, and I did not understand. What was that look? Like, you're supposed to be a barber. You look awful. Your hair looks awful. First of all, Gary He Head, didn't have the face shape. I know Gary Head came out of this looking the best, and comparatively, he probably is the best. He actually is a job... But guys, Gary Head is a fucking racist, first of all. He is so racist. He loves the N-word. He loves the Confederate flag. Like, Gary Head is a fucking racist. Two, he is psychotic. Like, Gary Head is the type that will post on Instagram, like, how much he loves his girlfriend. And then the next day we'll post that, like, she faked a miscarriage. And then the next day we'll post, like, I love my girlfriend so much. I don't understand why any of you are talking shit about her. You don't know anything about our relationship. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Also, he has a concerning amount of photos of him just, like, holding these massive guns on his social media. Ugh. So many. Doesn't he? And you he can, pled guilty to domestic violence, didn't he? How does he have guns? Yes. And it's crazy Ugh. to me because I, when I was watching his segment, I was sitting there and I was like, wait, did he get kicked out of the Marines? I don't think yeah. he did. And then he literally said, like, the Marines kicked me out. And I was like, wow, like... MTV kind of really that whole court case thing like I don't know it was just it was weird I think it was and you know more about the military than me uh but I think he got like the neutral discharge that's not honorable or dishonorable just like the like he just got discharged yeah like we're both agreeing to part ways you don't get any sort of benefits but also like you're not you don't have a dishonorable you can say discharge you... on your record. Yeah. And that's kind of funny because I was recently talking about those discharges with my parents. Mm-hmm. And they basically said, and this is kind of debatable, um, that those neutral discharges, anything not honorable is just basically the same. 
Like yeah. you can feel better because you just got a neutral one. But most employers know, like, why didn't you get an honorable one? Like, what did you do? Yeah. I, I can't like believe he for my, didn't get a dishonorable. I feel like for my boss, I can, like, imagine that they'd be like, oh, okay, like, you were in the military, but, like, wouldn't look that into it. But if it's someone that knows about them, you know, I think it's just one of those things that, like, you have to kind of know mm-hmm. about the military to know. Um, I think he didn't, if I, this is me making this up, but I feel like this happened that it was all kind of, you know, he didn't just, like, plead guilty with, to what happened with Janelle. Like, the military was very involved. Like, he said in the episode, like, his bosses were at court with him. Like, if you're a Marine, you don't just, like, go to court. Like, your commander goes mm-hmm. with you. Like, and I I think it was part of his agreement to just plead guilty was, like, this is the discharge that you're going to get. Like, if you just do this and you don't fight it, because this was in the press, like, this didn't look good for the Marines, you know, like um, there was a scene of him leaving a domestic violence court case in a full Marine uniform. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was not good PR. Yeah. So I I seem to remember that it was all kind of the agreement that was made. And I don't really know a lot about the military, but I wouldn't be shocked if because this is kind of a unique circumstance, you know, because this is getting press and this is playing out on TV if they were just like, look, you're, we're not, we will give you this if you agree to not fight this at all. And you just, you take the charge and we're giving you this discharge. No, that makes, that makes sense. Um, kind of like, let's just all make this go away. And if I recall correctly, didn't Janelle also get charged? Like they mutually well, got I charged for domestic she, violence. I don't know if she got charged for domestic violence, but they found like an ounce of weed at the apartment. And I think that was also a big problem with the military. And that's why, okay, I remember a lot of people defending Gary Head. And Gary Head swears that he didn't do it. Janelle claims that he choked her with bed sheets. Uh, we saw mm-hmm. all that. He smashed like four of her phones, I remember. We, she would post the pictures of her phone smashed. But he swears that he did not uh, beat her up. But... Because of, like, it's harder to fight. It would make him look worse to fight. Because of the military, it just made more sense for him to plead guilty. But the fact mm-hmm. is, he was an active Marine, and he was found in a house with an ounce of pot. And he was smoking, and then I think failed the drug test. So, yeah. it, in the end, it's like, even if he didn't do this domestic violence thing, like, the police came to an altercation where you two were screaming loud enough for the police to come because I'm pretty sure a neighbor called the police, not even um, like Janelle. And mm-hmm. you put yourself in a situation where you were in the same home with an ounce of pot while you were on active duty. And that's your fault, no matter what. And I don't feel bad if you... Yeah. I mean, also, I mean, it's 2017. If I, if you got kicked out of the Marines for that now, I'd be like, ugh. But this is also, you guys have to remember, this is like 2011, you know, like attitudes right. on pot in North Carolina in the military. And when you join the military, like part of it is that you agree, like, I'm not going to be in the same room as an ounce of pot. Mm-hmm. No. And like, so, and I mean, obviously like Gary's never going to get a job that involves a background check. So I don't think anyone's ever going to dig into his discharge, but and like, I'm sure North Carolina has a lot of Marines or ex-Marines who had very similar endings to their military career. Um, but I just, I don't know, like, I still feel like it was, like, such a weird, another weird era in the Janelle time. Yeah. Like, and, of course, like, 
Barbara loved Janelle at first, or Barbara loved Gary at first. Because, yeah. Well, because she w- it was post Kiefer, and this guy had a fucking job, and not just a job, but a fucking he was in the military, and they lived near base in North Carolina. And I, I have a feeling that Barbara was like, this is by far the best like situation Janelle could get herself into is to marry some guy in the Marines. They'll get like a nice. I mean, Barbara's all about the numbers. Like, I'm not saying Barbara, mm-hmm. like, is a gold digger. <laughs> Obviously, I think we see Barbara's life. She's not a gold digger. But if you are living in North Carolina near what's it called Lejeune or whatever that base yeah, is. Yeah, Camp Lejeune. If you're living yeah. near Camp Lejeune, you have a daughter that's kind of a fuck up. She's probably, this is, ugh, might have even been, I guess she could have possibly still been on Barbara's health insurance. Yeah, because this was post then. But, like, you have a daughter that's kind of a fuck-up. Like, you know she's not hanging around with the best guys. Like, for her to meet a Marine is kind of... You have to figure, like, okay, she's going to get health insurance. She's going to get TRICARE. Like, her and Jason, Gary, could go live off base. They'll get a housing allowance. Like, you have to figure if you're Barbara, you're running the numbers. And that this is probably best-case scenario for Janelle. And this is so, like, pride and prejudice of her. I was like, oh, here's a man... And he has this amount of year, like, you need to go for it. But also, isn't Barbara's love language very much providing? Yes. So yeah. it makes sense that for her to see, like, like her way of showing Janelle love has always been, like, I worked a job. I put a roof over your head. Like, like you wanted for nothing. Right. Yeah. But so it's easy for her to be like, he's a great guy. Like, well, he has a job. He has insurance. Like, yeah. the military has great benefits you tend to think that a man in the military is going to be a nice, stable human being. Yeah. You know, I mean, for Janelle, the military like thrives on people from backgrounds like Janelle has, you know, where you're not, Mm. I think a lot of people have this idea that the military is a lot of like really poor people. But from my understanding, the things that I've read lately, it's actually a lot more people that, you know, maybe they had a single mom, but they didn't go without, but this was still a really good opportunity for them. And I think that's, like, the type of family Gary's from. And I think Mm -hmm. for, like, if it could have worked out, I mean, Janelle, if Janelle was a different person, you know, I think, (laughs) I think it, it would have been good because what else does Janelle have to do? Barbara knows Janelle's never going to, like, have a serious job that she holds down. So, like, go be a military wife. Right. And the other benefit I think that Barbara was probably looking at was, he was going to stay in Camp Lejeune forever. He was eventually going to get stationed outwhere and that elsewhere. And that means Janelle was going to leave where they were living. And I think she thought a lot of Janelle's issues were the people she was around. Yeah. So if she was out of there and away from those people, you know, maybe that would help. Yeah. Plus, you, like, Barbara's from, you know, the Northeast. They lived in Scranton for a long time. Scranton isn't exactly a military town. They moved to North Carolina near the base, and she had probably seen, like, a lot of respectable Marines and seen how the Marines live and seen how their wives live and their kids live, and it's a nice middle-class life. And I don't think, I don't think Barbara had large aspirations for Janelle beyond a nice middle-class life. But at the same time, isn't that anyone ever wants? Yeah, well, of course, but, I mean, I'm saying, like, this is, like, me coming from my place of privilege, but, like, I grew up, like, pretty upper-middle class, like, both my parents are college educated. My dad has a master's. Like, my dad works in finance. Like, that wouldn't be my parents' dream for me. You, like, my their mm-hmm. ultimate dream. My parents' ultimate dream would be like, and of course, this is everyone, but I think a realistic dream would be like, oh, well, she marries a doctor or a lawyer. Right. Because th- that's like kind of what 
my parents were, my uh, friends' parents were doctors and lawyers and business executives. You know, my dad's like a business executive. And so I think it was like, nobody where I'm from is going to marry someone in the military. We don't have a lot of exposure to military. We're not, there are no military bases near me. You know, it's like an upper middle class area. But for Janelle, like, that would have been a great life for her. And I hope people understand what I'm saying there and not that I'm looking down on it. It's just the stability that it provides. And that's all Barbara's ever wanted is stability. It is. And I think there's also a huge difference, too, of um, active versus enlisted versus um, officers. Like, that's a huge. It's not as much as it used to be, but that was a huge class system within the military. Um, so I think like my parents went to college, they graduated from West Point. Um, so they were career military, but they also had, they had like a weird mix of both worlds basically. Mm -hmm. Um, but for active duty, yes, it's a very stable, nice life. And if you're in it, they often find people who are lost and they're craving that stability Mm -hmm. and that comfort basically. Yeah. It's the same thing every day. They tell you what to wear. They tell you what to do. It's nice. It's easy. Um, and I like I do wish in an alternate world he wasn't a racist abuser and she wasn't Janelle Evans. <laughs> and they could have those crazy kids could have made it work. Timeline, Gary, Janelle, Jace, baby Evelyn and baby Jacob are or maybe not Jacob, but baby like, no. Josiah are all living a great life somewhere off base <laughs> near Lejeune. <laughs> When did they get super biblical with their names? That was I think not Gary what I would be really them. into biblical names. You think so? That is, I thought they would have a Jace, a Jackson with an X, okay, and then a girl named probably Ensley. I think Ensley? they'd still end up with an Ensley. Okay, that's Ensley fair. was written in the stars. I that's fair, but there is an alternative universe that that's happening in. Oh, also, I just do want to say that Gary was cutting Ryan Dolph's hair. Was that who that was? Mm-hmm. That was Ryan Dolph. I did. I like wasn't paying I attention enough. I figured most and people did not realize that Ryan Dolph cameo. So I just wanted to point out to everybody wait, that when, that was so Ryan. Like, when Ryan Dolph was like going off about like how the truth was going to come out like via him. <laughs> him sitting in a barber chair and Gary telling him he's ugly was so. not the truth I thought was going to come out. I think he might have. Maybe they filmed. I wouldn't be surprised if they filmed more for that. And also, um, Ryan Dolph has been tweeting for like fucking four months that he's going to be telling us stuff about Janelle, but he's waiting to get paid. And it's like, Radar is willing to pay. Like, you clearly have nothing that they want. Mm -hmm. So true. Do you think we're going to see like a special of on the cutting room floor, the Janelle's X-Files and they'll show us the scenes? I mean, I would love it. But I think, I think that, okay. This is also another thought. I think that MTV is very aware that the average viewer does not know who Ryan Dolph is beyond like the fourth episodes we've seen him in. And for this whole thing, wanted to keep it as um, surface level and not just surface level, but uh, like chronological as possible. In Janelle, it's very hard to do chronological And she Mm -hmm. has, like, a lot of, like, gears turning in her story. 
and you know like jump and they kind of get into this that like she breaks up with Kiefer and gets back with Kiefer and breaks up with Kiefer and gets back mm-hmm. with him but like they're not including that like Kiefer even though this was acknowledged on a reunion that Janelle and Kiefer slept together after Nathan and her broke up and Nathan broke into the house and beat Kiefer up like I just don't think they were interested in like the story of Janelle that you and I are interested in I don't think no. that was the goal of the special well, the vibe that I kind of got too was I think Janelle had more control in this episode than I think any of us realized. Um, because people always complain, like, why haven't they fired Janelle? And it's like, no, Janelle is team mom too, and it's never going to happen. And That's she knows it, and MTV knows. That's a trigger for what? me. When you say, when you bring up people saying, why haven't they fired Janelle? I get triggered. Because it just makes me so angry. And we'll talk about it with Mackenzie when we get into this week's episode. Like, I just don't understand what people want to watch. What do you want to watch? It's the same reason why I don't want Farrah to be fired. I fucking hate Farrah so fucking much. But I would be pissed if she actually got fired and was off the show. Because she's just... It's just... What do people want from Teen Mom? Like, let's watch assholes being assholes. And Janelle is this fucking... She's the franchise. Janelle is not just mm-hmm. the show. She's the franchise. Honestly, it's Janelle and Farah. As much as I hate Farah, like, the two of them are the fran- the faces of the franchise. I also think Macy, because for a very long time, Macy was America's sweetheart. Yeah, in a that's weird... probably true. So I think people still associate Macy past Macy with yeah. the franchise, but like day-to-day Teen Mom news, it's either Farrah or Janelle. Yeah. It's either Farrah or Janelle. And nine I mean, times Amber out of ten. and Kale, they're important, but like, it's, they're not on that level. And when people say, yeah. like, why don't they fire Janelle? I'm like, because Janelle generates 100,000 tweets about her a week. Like, Right, and I'm 900 of them. At least. I mean, at least. Okay, let's go on. So next was Cortland, which was, he's saying he's two years sober, which, like, first of all, some of them were spent in jail. So, like, whatever. It's so good. I, You know what? We are in an opioid epidemic. Like, I genuinely hope he is two years sober. You know what I mean? Like, I want him to be two years sober. He has a baby on the way. Is Cortland two years sober? He doesn't look two years sober to me. He looks gaunt. He looks shitty. He does not look good. He looks different than I remember him looking. Um, He just, like, looks... I don't know. I, like, feel concerned for him, but also disgust. So it, (laughs) it was weird. And also, Portland tweeted that his section was, like, the best section of the special. And that is a lie. That is a total lie because I also, can't tell you. Anything he also about tweeted his that he loved that he never even loved Janelle and like that she was trying to contact him and like I genuinely believe. Okay, if Janelle was to contact her exes, it would be in this order: Kiefer, Gary, because she, her, and Gary like kind of do go back and forth a little bit. They haven't since David's come into the picture, but Gary like pop will pop up. You know, at random. Mm-hmm. Also, she's not friends with Ryan Dolph right now, so I don't know. But when she's friends with Ryan Dolph and Gary's friends with Ryan Dolph, Gary pops up when you leave. Well, Gary's there when you least expect Gary to be there. All of a sudden, you'll see, like, Janelle and Gary hanging out, and you're like, what? Um, Classic so, Gary. 
classic Gary. So it goes Kiefer, Gary, and then it used to be Nate, but I think because of the the court stuff, you know, and like the custody, she wouldn't. But it's very hard for me to rank court. I Courtland's not even on the table for Janelle, I don't think. No, and it's weird because he was like, we were going to get back together after David. And I was like, mm, were you? No. I think when, I think when she dumped Cortland, like, and got with Nate, I think once Nathan came in the picture, she was like 100% totally done with Cortland. I don't think Cortland was ever anything for her. I think he was a rebound after, after Kiefer. I think they were heroin addicts. Like, I don't... They were to get... First of all, Cortland has the nerve on TV to say we were married for two years. Cortland and Janelle were married for, like, under five months. But in North, the state of North Carolina, you have to be separated for a full year before you're allowed to even file for, file for divorce. So they were to, they got married in December of 2014 or 13 2012. Yeah, they got together in December 2012 and were separated by like March 2013. Like it was so quick and for Cortland to get up there with a straight face and say they were married for 2 years is insane. Also like she was pregnant by Nathan when she was like Oh, like, he's like, why are you in a good mood? And she's like, I got divorced today. Yeah. And she was, like, pregnant with, or not with, yeah, she was pregnant with Kaiser. So it was yeah. like, you guys, like, did not have two years of marital bliss. No. Like, I don't think you had six months. Like, no, they didn't. They absolutely did not even have six months of marital bliss. And they didn't have, um, they dated for, like, two months before they got married. They weren't even together. In a relationship, not including, like, including non-married time for a year. So, Cortland, I don't know. Cortland can fuck up, fuck off. I didn't find his scenes that compelling. I did like Janelle just being like, he's garbage. I loved, I loved when she was like, Cortland Rogers is trouble. And if you hang out with him, you will get in trouble. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. you will. Also, Broken oh. up when she had her abortion by him. Yeah. By him. Her abortion. He was in jail. I didn't. He was in jail. Like, I didn't. I don't know. My. That timeline, as we have said, is a mess. So, like, it was. It was no time. They were no, had no time together. None. They had no time together. So, then, next, we get Nathan. And I would say the only <sighs> notable parts about Nathan were how infuriating then he made it, made it seem like all of his troubles were Janelle-related. Uh, like, first of all, when Janelle and Nathan got together, he didn't have custody of his child and only had supervised visits. So, like, miss and, me with that. And, and to the, was, the other notable part was when he said he only blew a .09, but, like, that was his third DUI. Well, the notable part for me was he was, like, before Janelle Evans was in my life, I hadn't been in trouble for six years. And I was like, hey, but you're not six. Like, you were, like, in your 20s. Also, like, so I'm positive that's not true because when Janelle and uh, Nathan got together, I think Emery was only, like, four, and he did not, he only had supervised visits with her. And the rumor was it was because his DUI came uh, when she was in the car. I mean, I, it, okay, so basically the timeline of Nathan's DUIs are, supposedly he got a DUI on military base, 
So he got, like, in trouble with the military, but he didn't actually, like, get a DUI. Then he had a DUI, which I assume he got, like, what in Pennsylvania is called ARD, and it's basically, like, your first criminal offense. It goes off your record. Then he got a second mm-hmm. DUI at some point after the military. So that had to have been within six fucking years of meeting Janelle because he was only, I think Nathan's my age because he just turned 30. And he got with Janelle in 2013. So yeah, he got with Janelle in 2013, which is four. So he was like 26. There's just no way that he hadn't gotten in trouble since he was 20. That's not a factual you're, statement. And then the you're third. You're missing a DUI. Yeah, the, then the I'm third pretty. DUI. So he got his, like, first one, then a second one, then a third one. But the reason I'm pretty sure that it was, like, he, it was technically his second was because the first one was, like, expunged off his record. No, because I'm, no joke, reading an article right now, and he got one when they first started dating. Because well, that's, he, that's one that was, was that on the one show. Yeah, that was what was on the show. And that was technically his third DUI, but he only got punishment like it was the second. Oh, okay. No, no, now now I know what I'm thinking. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right, as always. Um, Okay, yeah. So he had, but I still don't think the six years, and even if it was six years, you don't, like, that's not Janelle's fault. Like, he, like, just made it sound like if he had been, like, I had never been in trouble in the law my entire life until I met Janelle Evans, I'd be like, wow, that's crazy. But he was like, in six years. And I was like, okay. Yeah. But he knew he couldn't say that because Twitter is like, uh, what the fuck are you talking about? Oh, by the way, I have the receipts. We need to talk about just very quickly about the fact that you and I are so fucking obsessed with his girlfriend in the way that she tweets. Like we are constantly talking about this. We don't think anybody is paying enough attention to this. Like, I want, like, the FBI to open investigation on it. How Ashley, his new girlfriend, uses social media exactly the same way that Janelle does. Can I do a dramatic reading of the tweet from this week? Yes, of course. Um, I know exactly what one you're talking about. (laughs) So, she tweeted, Boyfriend surprises me and my coworkers with gourmet donuts from my favorite shop my day is made and tomorrow is my friday nathan replies with because i love you and of course i would bring donuts i just want you and your coworkers to have a super duper positive day even if it's through all of your tummies what i cannot handle this tweet conversation yeah and no adult they're with Kaiser, and she tweeted, hold on, something like, what is Oh, this Kaiser, bitches? like, got into the car and was like, hold me, Ashley, I love you. Yeah. Which is exactly something that Janelle would say. I feel so yes. special. Kaiser gets in the car, and he says, hold me, Ashley, I love you, melts my heart. Oh, my God. And... I word for word believe she tweeted that about Rara, who's um, that was was that Cortland's daughter? No, well, Gary's daughter. Jaja, Jaja is Cortland's Jaja. daughter. Yeah, yeah. I swear to God, she tweeted that tweet about Jaja. Yeah, of course. Also, just so you know, she also tweeted having my clients take the Myers Briggs personality test in group today. 
I love when I can use some of my college materials to help others. What? <laughs> Myers-Briggs is not some secret thing that only us college graduates know about. You what? can Google it. What is she talking about? Her college material? Like, that's... <sighs> I hate her so much. Okay, so... But I love her. I mean, well, yeah, of course. So I think that's really it for the X-Files. Do you have anything else that you want to add? No, because it ended with her and David being like, we were in love and we saw the veil that I hated. And basically, moral of the story, the X-Files was a Janelle Evans redemption arc. And I think Janelle had a hand in editing it. Not like she sat there on the cutting room floor, but I think she had more control in the storyline than we thought because it was like, Basically, it was like, look at all these garbage, and then, like, my Prince Charming came along, which is, like, fine. I get it, but, like, at the same time, I was like, this isn't what I wanted. Yeah. I think I, was I would have liked a Janelle X-Files better if it was just, like, brutally honest, and Janelle had no mm-hmm. part in it. Yeah, I, I don't think I wanted Janelle talking heads, and I yeah. think I wanted them to follow. I wanted it to be a miniseries. I wanted them to do a being special of all of them, and I wanted her... I, except for like maybe not Cortland. No, probably. I mean, Cortland. give us a Cortland. I mean, if we're if we're doing it, let's do it. You know, do the whole thing. And I want yeah. them each to have a half hour special to an hour. Perfect. A day, and I want it to be called not being Kiefer. I want it a day in the life of Kiefer. Oh God, we watch him like wake up and go to the liquor store. Yes. No, I want twenty four yeah. hours in the life of every single ex. <laughs> And he lives That's in Pennsylvania right now, so like I or he maybe gets like malt liquor, but he has to go to like the pizza shop to get it because like Pennsylvania yeah. liquor laws. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is the show I want. Same. Let's go to the episode and I mean like what? Are we just not gonna start with Macy's scene or segments? It's it's the only Ugh. segments worth worth talking about talking about um people did ask me because i didn't recap this episode why they think i think ryan was crying when larry was talking and i personally i think it just i think he ryan was having like a lot i think for the first time in probably many years Ryan was feeling the reality of the fact that, like, he has no control over Bentley and that I think it didn't have that much to do with Larry. I think he was just feeling like a wave of emotions because when you do opiates, you kind of, like, shut all your emotions off. And then when you get, like, I cried so much in rehab. I would just, like, after some groups, I would just, like, go back to my bed and, like, hysterically cry for, like, an hour Because you just, like, turn all your emotions off and then you turn them back on and it's a lot to deal with. And I think he was just having maybe, like, a moment of clarity that he quickly then shut down. But it was just a moment of clarity of, like, whoa, I am a terrible dad and my dad is over here ranting and I don't even know if I agree with him. My dad's drunk. He also, Ryan was probably a little drunk, you know, like, yeah. He was drinking beer. He hadn't had a beer in a while. He's probably, like, two beers deep and feeling a little emotional. I think it wasn't... I don't think it was, like, some great big thing. I think he was just having a little moment of clarity. See, I think you're even giving him too much credit. 
like, I have been up and down, and I was like, I just think he just, like, was crying. Like, I don't think there was some great big, like, intersection behind it. I don't think he, like, even was like, holy crap, I'm a bad dad, and, like, got overcome with emotion. I just think, like, he's, like, and I don't know, does this happen when you're recovering, where you're just, like, kind of emotional about everything and nothing at the same time? So I don't think it was, like, this moment of clarity. I think it was just, like, he's just, like, a raw person right now. I so he just cried. I, I pretty much agree with that. Okay, so yeah. basically, Macy doesn't want Bentley to see Ryan. And, well, it's not that she doesn't want Bentley to see Ryan. She doesn't, and Macy's 100% in the right about this. Like, she still doesn't know, like, anything about his treatment. You know, when he had go- when she had gone to Father's Day and, like, to let Bentley see Ryan, and he was, she was like, so how are you? And he's like, oh, I'm fine. And she's like, you literally just got out of rehab. <laughs> Um, right. She so basically her condition is that she wants to have her attorney send him a letter that's like you have to do a drug test. You know, I I actually like really agree with her, and Me I too. respect the fact that she's like I'm willing to pay for it. Like, don't even worry about it. I'm willing to pay for it. My issue was when he was sending those text messages. What like two episodes ago? Mm-hmm. She just, she should have replied. Like, she I should have replied because she gave him this small little piece of, of ammo. Yeah, yeah. To use against her. Um, which, like, obviously, all of us are like, well, okay, she didn't reply to your text message. But, like, he does have this thing to use against her. And I think, I think he should be telling her what happened in rehab because Bentley's like nine. Yeah. Bentley knows what is up and he's going to have questions and he probably has had questions yeah like i don't think she doesn't he doesn't need to give her a detailed explanation of everything he did in rehab because the fact is she is his ex and some of it is not her business but like macy ryan and bentley the three of them maybe with mimi jen should be sitting down and kind of explaining to bentley that like daddy has a illness he had to go away to get better you know I think she does, or even honestly, like, I don't even really know how much she needs to know about what happened in rehab, but he should at least be telling her, like, what his aftercare plan is, and obviously Mm -hmm. he doesn't have one, which is why he's not, I think if he had said to her, like, I don't really want to talk about what I did in rehab, you know, it was pretty private and personal, but just so you know, I'm going to intensive outpatient where I'm getting drug tested twice a week, I'm seeing a Mm -hmm. therapist, and I'm going to meetings. I think if he said that and didn't tell her shit about rehab, she'd be like, okay. Yeah. She just, like, and I think also in in the past episode, when he was texting her about getting out early, he wasn't texting her from his phone. He even said he was like, oh, I texted her. I forget from whose phone number. I think but McKenzie's. it wasn't. No, it wasn't Mackenzie and it wasn't Larry or Jen's. He said some guy's name. And oh. he was like saying, he was like, this is Ryan, blah, blah, blah. So I'm kind of me. I'm like, I'm like I kind of get why she didn't reply. But at the same time, like, no. he, like he should have said like, hey, listen, I got out early. Let's, can we meet for coffee and have a quick chat? Or even like, can we have a quick phone call? Yeah. Or I like. Think- you have, Macy you have has put herself into this position that a lot of people, and I will say especially women, 
enter into is that they cut a guy slack for so long and then they just mm-hmm. get sick of cutting the guy slack and it ends up making the woman look like unforgiving and like non-caring and it's almost kind of her fault I mean okay I want to phrase this right and she actually says this like this is I'm kind of maybe getting screwed because I was so generous. And the fact is Macy's like been cleaning up and like allowing Ryan to be Ryan for eight fucking years plus however long he was being Ryan before Bentley came into the picture. And so now it's like she wants to like change their whole dynamic. And it's like, Mm -hmm. well, Macy, like this is who Ryan always is. So you kind of have to play along, even though that's not really fair of me and the audience to expect that of Macy. And it's okay for people to get boundaries, but I think she kind of knows that too, which is why she said, like, I might have fucked myself by being so generous. And I think they've established this relationship, and now that Macy's not feeding into it, I'm like, why is she ignoring him? Like, she shouldn't ignore him. Like, what does she do? You know what? It's like that. Mm -hmm. No, and I think that's partially why her relationship with Larry and Jen has fallen apart as much as it has. Because they're like, why aren't you following the status quo? Yeah. Like, this is how we've always been. He's always done this, and we've always picked it up. And you've, like, just always quietly come and gotten Bentley, and you haven't said anything. Yeah. So, like, why now? Yeah. But the fact is, and I mean, it's a very good reason for why now, is because, one, Macy's grown up. Two, she has a husband that loves and supports her and is a true partner. And I think through Taylor, she's, like, really seen, like, how a man is supposed to be a parent. And she's like, what the fuck am I putting up with with Ryan? And, like, right. what what am I doing? And even, bet like, in the episode before when Taylor, and I don't think he would, like, I don't think he was out of place when he said this. It wasn't overstepping his bounds at all when he was like, and you know how Bentley comes when he comes back from his parents and like a spoiled brat. And they were talking about how Bentley's like a spoiled brat when he comes back from his grandparents. And I think Taylor has really, in my opinion, probably in a healthy and good way, has like really shown and kind of talked to Macy about like how inappropriate, like the enabling she does of Ryan. Mm -hmm. And also, um, the fact is Macy doesn't have time to deal with this bullshit anymore. She's got two other kids. Yeah. Like, and like, when Ryan said, Macy has never helped me with Bentley. I well, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Because I have a lot I know, of thoughts I on that. I, I, it's I know, insane. Like, it's literally, it, it is so fucking ugh. insane. It is so beyond insane that it, it's incomprehensible that he could live on this planet and think that Macy hasn't done shit for him. Macy has raised his fucking child for him. But I think in his head, I wouldn't be surprised if Ryan, if you called him out on that, would say, my parents would have done it. She didn't have to. Oh, hands down. And I think the Taylor-Macy dynamic is exactly opposite of the Mackenzie-Ryan dynamic. Yes. Of the ways that, like, Taylor is kind of pushing Macy up. And I don't like blaming Mackenzie for any of Ryan's problems because his problems existed long before she came around. Um, but she's kind of pulling them down because she, like Taylor has quickly become one of my favorite side characters. I am I not here for any Taylor. negativity towards him. I love um, him. I think him we have, and Macy are gr- a great couple who are true partners. I think right now yes. like, we're seeing the edges of them a little. They're going through something stressful and they have two young fucking kids plus Bentley. But I think they're in it for the long haul in a way that 
I really like comparing them to Cole and Chelsea because I've always said on this podcast that I think Chelsea is putting her best face forward for Cole and is not being totally Mm -hmm. authentic with him. And I don't think that's the case at all with Macy and Taylor. And I think they are like in it together and they are raising those kids together and they're true partners. Right. And I just think Taylor doesn't get enough credit of how great he is in the stepfather role and how great he is in the partner role and in the full father role which is such a weird phrase but you know he just does such a good job of just like you know how people always praise Cole of like Cole was there for the dance when Adam didn't show up and it's like okay well Taylor hasn't missed a baseball game I guarantee it he's coaching the baseball team right he's coaching it he's at every practice like he's the one that's like like you can tell that there's this genuine love between him Mm -hmm. and Bentley and I think there's a genuine love between Cole and Aubrey too yeah same I truly do um but I just think with Taylor, it's like Taylor also, I think, is part of the role of protecting Bentley from the ugly side of Ryan. And we've never seen t- Taylor angry or resentful or mm-hmm. jealous of any of her co-parenting. Like when she's like, this is what I have to do to co-parent with Ryan. He's like, great. How do I help? Yeah, 100%. And I really, I also think part of the reason that we see that so much and I is because Macy like lets him be that like you've I we've heard Chelsea say like and you know I don't I don't like to talk about Adam in front of Cole I don't like Cole to have to deal with this like she says that right. shit like well I don't want Cole to have to deal with like this custody stuff but we've never heard Macy say that about Taylor ever right and part of it is like well we should talk to Cole about this like this if you're building this family with Cole like Aubrey's in that family and Adam is in Aubrey's family and like Cole should be involved in this custody situation not in like doing the drop-ups but like he should know what's going on you that should be the person when you get home from court you like vent it all out yeah not to Chelsea Grace or Randy yeah exactly and Chelsea's like well I don't want to talk to Cole about this because like Cole shouldn't have to deal with this but you know that like Macy does not feel that way about Taylor and wants Taylor to be part of it with her and mm-hmm. I, I just yeah. love the two of them together. So Ryan and Mackenzie's new house is like, I'm assuming it's a rental, but it's like incredible. It's so beautiful. The dock is so yeah. nice. It's gorgeous. Like that is a gorgeous house. And it's like that. Is it like river wood? It's like, I don't know how to describe that wood, but you see that like mm-hmm. beach houses a lot. Yeah. It's like, and did you it's see like the weather? dock? How it had like a little house <sighs> on it? Like. It's a rental, though. That's a hundred percent a rental, definitely. But good for them. Um, but Ryan's Great friend Randy. Ryan's friend Randy comes over, and Ryan says that he talks to his counselor, and then Mackenzie comes out and does this thing that Mackenzie's been doing a lot, where she stands silently with this like look on her face. It felt like. Do you know? Do you remember? I don't know what your parents were like, but remember when you'd have like a boyfriend over. And your parents would just, like, be in the room so you knew they were in the room. They weren't talking. They weren't interacting with you, but they were there. <laughs> yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. And, yeah, that's like, true. Like, she's just, like, out there. And Ryan's like, I can't see Bentley. And that's when he said she's never helped help me in any sort uh, of way since we've had them. I literally rewound the scene because I said he really didn't just say I must have heard him wrong and meant he must have meant something else or said something else so let me rewind this to make sure that's that that is not what he just said that was like and part of me want to be like Ryan have you ever paid child support 
have you? This is yeah. A I don't know. Question. I don't think like, we know. I don't think we know if Ryan pays child support. It and like Ryan, you've never like watched him alone in your house. Like he stays at your parent. Like I was just so baffled by that. And like also like rewinding a little bit in that conversation when he was talking about his recovery and he was like, "Yeah, I'm still dealing with the withdrawals." And I thought that was weird. I wasn't. I mean, was like, I think. Okay, so there's this thing called post-acute withdrawal syndrome, and you kind of, like, feel it for a while. But if you're still actively feeling withdrawals, like, why are you not in rehab? Right. And then he was like, and I talk to my counselor sometimes. And I'm like, well, who is your counselor? Like, His is that rehab counselor. He must call him on the phone once. Right. Like, and he just, like, kind of mumbled it and, like, literally changed the conversation. And yeah. then, like, Mackenzie was there, like, what time's Bentley's baseball game? That was a bad Mackenzie impersonation. I can do better, but still. <laughs> it was, I just, I really truly believe that Ryan feels like Jen and Larry, I really truly believe that Ryan feels like Macy, Macy is just choosing to take on the full responsibility of raising Bentley and that the only reason she, do, like that she does, does it for no reason and that Jen and Larry could handle it totally. So he doesn't, she doesn't get a reason to bitch about Ryan. Right. And I also what did, what like did he even was... say in that last episode when he said to Jen, like, how many times have you watched your kids and she's never paid you? And Jen's like, what are you talking about? Like, it's not about that... money. Right. And it was like so weird because it was like, Ryan, like up until like this past year, Jen was like another grandmother to those kids. Like happily was like, give me that. And like, yeah. Ryan was weirdly also very close to those kids too. Like I distinctly remember him being like, give me that baby and like picking up Jade. Yeah. Cause Jade Carter being, like, was the cutest baby ever. <laughs> hands down the cutest baby in the world. But I feel like we never even saw him do that with Bentley. We never saw Benton come home from work and be like, give me that baby. And like, Pick up the adorable biscuit of a baby. Place. Remember when Mackenzie first came into the picture and everybody was in such a good place? That was sad. Remember when I, I mean, loved- obviously not. Ryan was like obviously fucking using heroin or whatever. But um, poor, we thought they were in a good place. And Ryan, well, I just remember when we thought she was thirty-five and we were yeah. like, congratulations on getting an age-appropriate wife yeah. or a girlfriend. Yeah, I do. I do remember that. I. <laughs> Just, like, I have actually been really respecting Jen in these posts. Like, I know I didn't talk about this episode on Feathers My Hair last week, but I thought Jen, when she looked at Ryan and said, how about you do what you do and I'll do what I do? I was like, good for Mm. you, Jen. Like, I appreciate that Jen is not taking place in this Macy shit-talking fest. I think Jen's kind of had the wind knocked out of her sails. A little bit with well, this rehab. I think Jen, I think since the wedding, because like last season, she wasn't so, she wasn't like anti Mackenzie, but she wasn't like pro Macy, you know, like she was, mm-hmm. all, but ever since we saw her like sobbing at the wedding, I think Jen is kind of like teetering on like just being totally defeated. You know, and like that's, it's sad because I do think she is the stable force in that household mm-hmm. like larry's a low-key mess like high-key mess larry is an hammered. <laughs> yes also, but he's a mess and like jen's not, not a nice mess jen's what? not stupid and she hasn't been able to see bentley right and like 
She's probably that's devastated. Like, yeah, like that's her. But like that's her grandbaby. Like that's that's Jen all she has. Jen needs to get some like, dogs, to be honest. Like Jen, <laughs> like okay. Jen needs to get some things in her life. I feel like she's a little too attached to Bentley. I thought that dog. What is that? Kingsley? Is that the dog? I Chase. thought that was Jen's dog. I think it's Chase. Chance. Maybe. Chance. I love. That. I fucking love that dog. I just love like. I think you've never heard that a dog Jen. make a noise, and they just like will randomly pan down, and you realize it's just like snuggled in Ryan's lap, and you're like, oh my god. There's a puppy in the room. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like. Oh. So much, I don't know, like, so much is just, like, happening and not happening in these scenes, if that makes sense. And it's... Yes. Mackenzie's becoming a, a very weird force in the scenes. I, like, she's just always there. I'm obsessed with her. I'm obsessed with her. So much. She's, lear- she's leaning into this villain role, though she does not realize she's doing it, which is great. So, Macy goes over to Keely's house, and Keely is pregnant, and... uh Macy reads some of the text messages between her and Ryan. And in it, we see, like, we see the blue bubbles. Like, Macy is sending him texts. Like, Macy is no Mm -hmm. longer ignoring Ryan. She's sending him long paragraphs of texts. And basically tells him, like, you have, I, my attorney's sending you a letter. You have to take these drug tests. And then once you take the drug tests, like, you can have them for a couple hours. It's at my expense. It has to be hair and urine. And, I'm assuming, like, he probably has to do it at a lab. And then she said, and then somebody else starts texting. (laughs) Because there's punctuation in capital letters. And I guess Mac texted, you know, I'm home from rehab. And if you needed any sort of clarification, it went well. And Keely's just, like, floor. Like, Keely is all of us. When we're like, what? If you needed any sort of clarification, it's like, that's insane. And that's, like, not clarification at all. It went well. Great. It went well. Like, that's what you say after taking, like, an exam. I don't know. It was such weird phrasing. It was such Mackenzie phrasing. Yeah. And it was such, like, I don't know. She's, like, I've been needing clarification for the past, like, three weeks. Like, I don't know. Like, it was weird. Also, I didn't realize Keely was pregnant. So when she was like, I just like have my organs like up in my rib cage. I was like, girl, what is wrong with you? (laughs) So she also said, since you will not communicate with me or let me see my son, I'm going to have to seek legal action to make it happen. (laughs) And Macy and Keely just start laughing. And Macy says, okay, you'll pass it if you take a drug test. And then he doesn't answer. Once the drug test is like fully laid on the table, Ryan starts, stops texting her. I just, like, in what world does Ryan use the term seek legal action? In what world? uh, No. And I love Keely being like, okay, Mackenzie. Yeah. I I like Keely. I know. She's been around for a while. Like, she's in it. She's in it for the long haul, like Taylor. Yeah. Agreed. So... Larry, we get a Larry and Jen scene. I think there's such a notable, noticeable difference between when Larry's drunk and when he's not. You can tell it in his mannerisms. He gets angry when he's drunk. I feel like he either gets really angry or really happy. And I thought this Larry and Jen scene was actually 
good and genuine and really spoke a lot to like how family members of addicts feel in a way that Mac's not going to talk about it. And he definitely said a lot of stuff that like I've heard parents of addicts say before. And I thought Larry, I've been like on Larry's case this season. Obviously everybody has, but I did think that he was good in this scene. Um, I did have a question that I wanted you to clarify for me when they were talking about Jen and Bentley being his trigger. Okay, we'll get there. Let's let's start at the beginning because I like I do have thoughts on that, and I think there's a little bit of Larry not explaining what he met because he doesn't understand it. So when Larry, I thought it was really like nice when Larry said, "You know, it's nice that I call him up and I understand what he's saying, Mm -hmm. and like he's actually awake and I can understand like the words that he's using." I was like, that's great. And when Larry said that, like, those date, the 30 days he was in rehab, which, like, okay, he wasn't in rehab for 30 days, but we'll pretend. It was the best Larry ever felt because he knew, they knew he was safe. And I have heard that repeatedly, like, that from parents addicts, like, even when they're in jail, like, they're almost happy when their kid is in jail because they're not going to get a phone call that their child is dead and that they can finally sleep. Like, I've heard parents of addicts say, like, I didn't have a good night's sleep until my kid got arrested and went to jail because they knew they weren't, you know, going to overdose. And I think I genuinely felt for Larry and Jen when Larry said that. Well, just when like, and like Jen was just sobbing to be completely yeah. honest. Like I it was really like a controlled Southern woman sob, but it was a yeah. sob. My heart really felt for her. Yeah. And the fact is like Larry and Jen have a lot of issues and this is not me defending them in any way, shape or form. They enable the shit out of Ryan. They spoil Bentley. They go against Macy. But the fact is, like, at the end of the day, they're humans, you know, and they're not evil people. Like, I I think they've been getting not a bad edit, but, like, a realistic edit. And I, it is so easy to be like, well, stop enabling your child. And it's so right. hard to do it. I have a friend that is very... She's just, like, in the worst way. And I have told her mom, like, have you considered, like, cutting her off? And she said, Liz, like, I will never do that because if she dies, which she could, I will never be able to live with myself if I did that. And that was all I said, okay. Because who am I to tell the parents of a child to cut them off? You know, when the reality is you might be loving that child to death. But, like, I am never going to tell a parent that. Like, that is not my place. It's just, it's not my place. And I think Jen and Larry do a lot wrong when it comes to Ryan. But I don't know how anybody could watch that scene and not feel, like, deep empathy for them. And then, like, the fact their only son is a fucking heroin addict. And he just got out of treatment. And they, like, you just, the whole situation is so out of their control. And I, I don't know. I just felt for them in that scene. I, I thought that was a good, realistic scene of, like, parents of addicts. When I feel like we've kind of forgotten, because it's lately kind of been, like, Larry and Jen versus Macy. Mm-hmm. But we've kind of forgotten that, like, they probably just had the worst year of their life. Yeah. Like, this past year has been hell for them. Yeah. Like, everyone now knows their child is struggling with addiction, you know, their son marries this girl in, like, this traumatic parking lot wedding. Like, they're yeah. getting cut off from the only grandchild they have. Yeah. Um, you know, like, it's been hard. It's, yeah, 100%. And 
I, like, really, really felt for Jen in that moment. Like, she just looked so... She just looked beat up. Like, she was just tired. Like, you know, she woke up that day and she did her hair and she put her makeup on. Like, she probably does every single day. And she just kind of seemed, like, defeated. And that was sad because I don't think Jen lets herself get defeated very often. Well, I'm very curious about their relationships that we don't see on the show, like their friends. Yeah. You know, I'm positive that Jen's been basically like a stay at home mom and she's in, there's like that very much lifestyle that you see a lot of times in the South of like, you know, this, Mm -hmm. she's probably fairly social and I feel like she's probably cut everyone off since the Ryan addiction news has broke. Like, she just I'm felt, sure she's very isolated. Yeah, sure. and she you're right though, she's defeated. Like it's a woman defeated. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, they Larry basically says, like, look, we're not stupid. Like we knew something was going on. And my parents kind of said the same thing because they you know, like I was only on heroin for like a short amount of time before I went to treatment, like under a year, but they Knew I, like, struggled with drug issues, but weren't sure exactly what, and knew I'd been having issues for a long time, but, like, then I got worse, and, like, they knew something was going on, but, like, you just don't ever think that about your own kid, you know? It's, like, not where your mind goes, and um, they're, like, you know, but every time we would confront him, he would just leave. He would blow up and leave, and then, okay, so what Larry says is that they they didn't know the triggers, which he says are Bentley and when Jen cries. So what I think, what I think a therapist told them or Ryan maybe half-heartedly explained was, I have a feeling <laughs> that when Ryan got home from rehab or maybe they had like a family counseling session when he was there And Jen is, like, crying, you know, as Jen does. And then I bet Larry's like, and what about Bentley? What about Bentley? How could you do this to your son? And Ryan was probably like, I cannot talk to you about this when you're throwing, like, when you're bringing up my son and when mom is crying. Like, I I just can't, like, and I can understand that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't think Larry meant it and, like, Ryan is going to use which is how I think a lot of people took it. But in the context of the conversation, I think what Larry meant was now we understand that if we want to have a conversation with Ryan about how he's doing, we can't start, we can't make it about Bentley and Jen can't be crying. Maybe we, Larry and Ryan can sit down. You can say, how are you doing? Like, how is this affecting your life? Do you feel like you're being, you might be able to go to work or, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's mm-hmm. what he meant, that, like, once he confronts him about Bentley, Ryan blows up and leaves, or when Jen starts crying, Ryan blows up and leaves. I'm pretty sure that's so what he meant. So it's, like, what triggers Ryan's shutdown? And yes. not, like, what triggers... I okay. That I don't think he meant heroin, because they were... It was in the context of them knowing something was going on, but not getting any real information from Ryan and how he would just blow up or leave. And I, and Larry said, and now we know like how to talk to him and things to look for. And I think in Larry's head, 
he like made a lot more sense than when he said it out loud. And in Larry's head, I bet what he was imagining was all the fights he had when Larry was like, and you come to this house and you can't even see your fucking son. Like, why? Do, where the fuck were you? Like, Bentley was here. Where the fuck were you? And, and like, your mother's been crying all yeah. night. Like, look at her. She's sobbing. Yeah. And Ryan's like, all right, fuck you. Bye. And I think that's yeah. what Larry meant. Because that makes sense. I'm not saying he's mm-hmm. justified in Ryan, like, getting to shut down and walk out. But I, that explanation from Larry, if that is what he meant, makes sense to me. No, I it, it makes sense to me, too. Because, like I said, I thought it was, like, the that's what's been triggering his heroin usage. And I'm like, that does not add up to me at all. Yeah. But that makes more sense. Yeah, I... Because they weren't necessarily talking about him using in that convert. Like, they were, of course. They were talking about his addiction and that they were terrified something was going to happen to him. But in that moment, they were talking about, like, why they hadn't, like, gotten through to Ryan. Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, Mm. and I actually wrote down in quotes. So, I'm guessing he said this. Although even sometimes I write down in quotes, like not direct quotes. My no- I'm an unreliable note taker, if you will. <laughs> I wrote down, you use Bentley, it's a trigger. So I think what he meant was like, you use Bentley against him or you use Bentley as a meat. Because I bet Ryan's parents are like, you have to get better for Bentley. You know what you're mm-hmm. doing to Bentley. Like any any person would say. That's not an unreasonable point to bring up. You know, like, it's a, in my opinion, a completely fucking reasonable point to bring up when your fucking son is a drug addict and completely neglecting all his responsibilities towards his child. You, of course, say, like, why aren't you taking care of Bentley? Like, you need to get better for Bentley. So I think that's what Larry means when he says you use Bentley. It's a trigger. Mm hmm. Interesting. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. It was a devastating scene all around. It was devastating. And then he ends it with, Ryan's all we have. He's ours. And we love Ryan. And it's like that. I can't imagine how hard it is to have a child as an addict. I've literally seen knowing people in addiction, like their parents divorce over their addiction. Because it just devastates families so much and one parent wants to handle it one way another parent wants to handle it another way and you just like they divorce over it because like just the stress it brings on the family and i can't even imagine when it's your only child well and i feel like we kind of saw them almost heading to a divorce because there was a time where they were just like how they were handling ryan was vastly different from each other yeah yeah Absolutely. So Macy takes the kids grocery shopping and we get a cute little scene where she tells uh, Bentley not to buy sushi from the grocery store because you're just not sure if it's <laughs> fresh or not. I would imagine especially true for a grocery store in like the middle of Tennessee, you know? Yeah. And a landlocked state. Yeah. And we see Ryan. Yeah. Because I mean, TBH, like I'll gladly buy a, gr- a sushi from a Publix grocery store in South Florida. Like no fear here, baby. <laughs> so we get a scene back at the house once again i wrote the house is so nice and ryan calls a lawyer and he tells the lawyer you know we've never gone to court mackenzie's sitting there 
he, the lawyer's on speakerphone. And Ryan's like, we've never gone to court. And the lawyer's like, okay, well, if your kid is eight years old, like, what's going on that now all of a sudden you need to go to court? And Ryan's like, well, you know, she's going to hide. Or she said, he's like, well, you know, um, I went to rehab and now I'm back. <laughs> And the Ryan, the lawyer asked Ryan what his drug of choice is, and he straight up says heroin. And the fucking look on Mackenzie, did you notice this? The look on Mackenzie's face when he says it, she looks livid that he said that on camera. I thought if she could explode him with her mind, she would have in that moment. Like, yeah. that's how mad she looked. Yeah. So, like, fucking livid. You know she was expecting him to say opiates. And you know what's so funny? I don't know if I've told this on the podcast before, but when I went to rehab, this is, this is insane. This is how stigmatized heroin is. When I went to rehab, like, I swung open the door. I, like, it, it was very dramatic. And I, like, screamed for my dad to come get me. Um, I was, like, very, very sick. And I said to my dad, I was like, Dad, you have to take me to the hospital. I'm detoxing from opiates. Like, I, like, wouldn't, I was asking my dad to take me to get help, and I wouldn't even say the word heroin. I said, I'm, and I, like, I was so fucking desperate, I was asking my dad to take me to, like, well, I said the hospital, because I, like, didn't have the frame of mind to be, like, take me to rehab. I thought I would, like, go to the emergency room, which, like, thank God he didn't take me there, because the emergency room doesn't really do anything for heroin uh, withdrawal, because it, like, doesn't, it's not deadly, you know, like, you don't die. Mm-hmm. It's not like benzo, like Xanax or alcohol where you can die. Um, it's just the worst feeling of all time. And I, like, was like, he's like, opiates. And then I think in the car, I was like, it's heroin. Because he was, like, bugging me about what it was. But, like, I had the frame of mind in this, like, desperate moment to still lie. I mean, it wasn't a lie. It was opiates. But, like, I had the frame of mind not to say heroin. And I think that's what Mackenzie wanted from Ryan. Well, and I just thought it was crazy because we've been speculating pretty hard of what was Ryan on. So to hear it confirmed literally from his mouth was kind of like, oh, oh, okay. I was glad he said it. I was glad mm -hmm. he said it. I think there's so, and even me, like, I was 100% sure it was pills. Um, This, by the way, does put the $10,000 a week number in way more of a speculation. I guess if he's doing heroin, it's closer to, like, $1,500 to $2,000 a week. If it was pills, it could be, I think I said probably, like, five to $7,000. I never really thought the $10,000 number was 100% accurate. But, you know, who knows? Do Do you think he was either doing pills and then went to heroin so like at his peak it was 10,000 but like definitely also I think like was he bankrolling people's heroin addictions too would I believe would I believe that like Macy or Mackenzie was like how much did you spend how much did you spend he's like I don't know like 10,000 a week like you know what I mean like he Mm -hmm. just like told her some number like just because no that makes sense and to I just, just to, like, give her a number yeah, and, like, let her cling to that. Yeah, he had been in a rehab for a week. His mind st- – I mean, God only knows the things that I said out loud when I had, like, seven days sober. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like, I can only imagine the things that I came up with when I had seven days sober. Like, 
your brain is fucked up. Like, you fuck your brain up when you do heroin. I was telling this story, um, not, like, telling a story, but it's been almost four years since Philip Seymour Hoffman died, you know, of an overdose. And that was, I think he died, like, in the winter of 2014, and I got sober at the beginning of May 2014. So, shortly after he died, he got sober. And I was, like, in the thick of my addiction at this point. And he died, I remember, and the news article said he had 75 bags, like, of unused heroin in his apartment. And I remember, like, my mind was like, oh, like, I was so jealous, which is fucking (gasps) insane. Like, it's insane. We used to hear, like, um, I remember me and my friend's drug dealer once told us that they had to recut the supply because somebody had overdosed and, like, it's not good for a drug dealer when someone overdoses because it can come back on them, you know, a little easier than, like, if someone just gets caught with the packs. And Mm -hmm. I remember my friend and I, like, having a conversation, like, that we didn't want him to change, like, how he was doing it, like, how he was selling it because someone overdosed and meant it was, like, really good heroin. And I also had, like, I had this, like, I was convinced for a while that, like, I didn't really have a heroin problem. My problem was I didn't have enough money, so I would get sick. And if I, like, had infinite money and just, like, would never get dope sick, like, it would be totally fine for me to be a heroin addict for the rest of my life. Like, these are the type of thoughts that I regularly had. Like, I was consumed by drugs at all times a day. And so, you know, when Ryan had seven days sober, when he saw Mackenzie, like, who fucking knows what he told her? Your brain is so fucked up. Like, you... I mean, drugs rewire your brain. They fuck you up. And some people, it takes a long time to recuperate from that. Yeah, I, I can only imagine. Like, it's, like, right, so it's kind of one of those things where it's like, Mackenzie, like, don't take anything he said as law. Like, for that time period, like, don't cling to that as a fact. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And who knows, like, maybe, maybe there was a week that he, like, did $10,000 of pills, cocaine, and strippers. And prostitutes. And so he told her $10,000. I spent $10,000 once. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Mackenzie. So um, Ryan is like, she won't return my calls or text messages, which we know is factually not true. Because we saw the text messages that Mackenzie sent, or Macy sent him. Like, we saw the blue bubbles. We know that she sent him. And yes, like... It is, you know, we never know about the MTV editing, but he brought up drug tests. So, and the lawyer said, which like made me cringe, is that she's going to hide behind this rehab and substance abuse thing, which like, yeah, she is. But at the same time, like, what does the lawyer know? You know, he he doesn't know these people. For all he knows, Macy's a fucking mess and is just withholding the sun for no reason. Like, he doesn't know. Right. he, He... He's just trying to give, like, the best advice. And Mackenzie just, like, looks like she's pooping in her pants. Is she just, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, in the lawyer advice, it was such, like, a weird conversation um, to see being filmed. Because for him to just be, like, I don't know, because he was, like, well, we haven't had anything in writing. He's, like, okay, well, what have you been doing? And he's, like heroin like do you know what i mean like it was just like this weird yeah yeah this is a stranger that he's talking to yeah it was totally weird and 
Then the lawyer says, well, you know, the judge needs confidence that you're sober. And he says, I'm assuming, well, I'm hoping that you can pass a drug screen and will continue to pass drug screens. And I thought this scene was so telling because Ryan says yes in the most. Did you notice this? Like how defeated he seems when the lawyer mentioned. I think they thought they would call the lawyer and the lawyer would be like, nah, she can't make you take a drug test. Fuck that. She doesn't have that power. She can't legally make you take a drug test. We're going to go to court and she's not going to make you. She doesn't have the ability legally to make you take a drug test. I think that's what they thought the lawyer would tell them. And when the lawyer brought up drug tests, both Mackenzie and Ryan looked like they wanted to cry. And Ryan's like, yeah. But he he wasn't like, yeah, I can take it like absolute. This also goes back to like if he had an aftercare. Like, okay, if you had asked me after I got out of rehab, if I could pass a drug test, I'd be like, yeah, I'm actually take I take three drug tests a week because I was in a sober living home and was getting drug tests and going to IOP. And I was getting drug tested honestly like five fucking times a week sometimes. Like I got drug tested all the time. And if a lawyer said, well, can you pass a drug test? I'd be like, yeah, I'm actually already passing drug tests because I go to intensive outpatient and I live in a sober living home. Right. Right. So it was weird. And I also kind of got the vibe from that scene that he's, I, it made me really question his sobriety. Yeah. Because really? the guy was like, well, because he, because he got like weirdly quiet. Mm-hmm. And like, obviously again, that could be MTV editing, but it just felt like he was like, yeah, I could pass a drug test, and it's like... And Mackenzie's face, can't. too, I really don't think it was editing. I really don't think it was editing, because after that, Ryan seemed to have no more questions, and the ju- and the lawyer's like, well, you know, like, a ju- I've never seen a judge make parenting time if, like, the parent can't commit to sobriety, like, the reality is, like, if you can't pass drug tests, like, the judge doesn't want any, isn't gonna do anything for you, and I really, I bet Mac and Ryan do this thing where they like hype each other up in their own reality in their own version of events do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so like they i bet were like and we're gonna get the lawyer and the lawyer's gonna tell you fuck you macy you can't make me take a drug test go fuck yourself you don't have this power i'm the father i get what i want and i bet they like paced around their home and like had this whole idea of how this phone call with the lawyer was gonna go and as soon as the lawyer said drug tests they were like fuck we're not we're not passing them. And also there was a deleted scene that MTV posted after last week's second episode of them going to look at houses and Mackenzie's driving and Ryan looks so fucking high. Yeah. Did you watch that? Yeah, obviously. Did I watch the deleted scene? But like yes. And one it was weird because I'm like, oh my god, Mackenzie's driving. We yeah. like we didn't well, see her like, drive before the infamous scene. Yeah, I was like, Well, I'm I'm glad Mac was driving. But I, that just tells me, I'm like, oh, like, she's very aware of how he looks right now. And that's yeah. why she's choosing to drive. Well, and she was just, even, like, um, chattering. Yeah. He I was going to say, even care. in the episode when he they were leaving Texas, like, Ryan loves to drive. Like, Ryan is the guy that always drives. His girlfriends are never driving him around. And even, like, in, before they left Texas, he was like, you'll just sleep the whole time and I'll drive. Like, he is the driver. I right. Just, I, I, so, yeah, I... I really think that Ryan cannot pass a drug test. And I think we found that out in that scene. He, it was just such a look of total, like, fuck me. Well, because then he asked, he was like, can she legally keep him from me? And the lawyer went, 
basically told him it's a dick move, but yes, she legally can. Yeah, he was like, well, it won't look good, which is true because judges uh, don't like when they just don't like when one parent is restricting access. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't Mm -hmm. look good. But the no, reality no one likes parental alienation. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, he just looked so defeated. And I cannot believe that Macy is having the best segments of Teen Mom. I feel like the man in that, like the man up there heard my prayers because like I, and no offense to Macy, it's all because of Mackenzie. Yeah. So, but even Macy, like, I feel like, is delivering. I'm liking watching Macy and Taylor talk about it. I liked watching Macy and Keely talk about it. I think I'm just all in on Ryan and Mackenzie that anybody talking about them is great. Oh, I agree. Also, when they were driving home from his rehab, I had the funniest thought. She had to drive from Tennessee to where was he, Texas? Because yeah. if she flew, she wouldn't be able to rent a car. Oh my God! Because she's because I because I had that problem because I graduated college a semester early. So when I started working at 21 and I was traveling for work and I had this embarrassing phone call with one of my bosses where I was like, we were like meeting in Nashville and I was like, well, can you pick me up from the airport? He's like, well, why can't you rent a car? And I was like, I'm not allowed to. I'm still not allowed to. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm I've renting a car mul- tomorrow, actually. I'm so proud of you. You're an adult. Well, my car, I'm literally, guys, I'm getting a new car um, this coming week, and I'm driving from Pennsylvania to Florida on my own, but I'm kind of doing it in three legs, so it'll be fine. I'm getting a 2014 Honda Civic. It's super cute. It's white. It has like 20,000 miles on it. I'm really hyped. It's my mom's car coming off lease. Uh, I bought it from her, and we are, I'm driving, and my car that I currently have has an overheating problem, something, something, head gasket, don't know what that means, blah, blah, blah. But I have friends that are going to be in Miami tomorrow night, which is about an hour and 15 minutes away from where I live. And my car is, has this issue where if you drive on the highway and then get off the highway and slow down, it overheats, which is like, fine, you just turn off the car, you pop open the radiator, you put water in it, good to go. But it's it's annoying. It's a hassle. When I was going to Chicago on the way to the Fort Lauderdale airport, it overheated twice because I got stopped twice. It was like so fucking annoying. I still got there. I ha- I'm so good at doing this now because it's been going on for like a year. But they finally have figured out that like because to fix it would be like two thousand dollars. And my car, I've had the same car since I was sixteen, and I'm twenty nine. So my car is not worth two thousand dollars. I have a two thousand five Honda Civic, um, and so. Tomorrow, my friends are going to be in Miami, so I was like, oh, I don't really feel like driving my car because of the issues that it's having. I'll just take the train in, and then from wherever the train drops me off, I, like, take an Uber to them. But then to rent a car for the night for 24 hours is only $18 from this place. So between, Why like, the, the cost of the train tickets, um, having then take, like, lifts when, you know, like, I get into Miami And then I'd have to take the train, which is, like, the worst. So, yeah, running a car tomorrow for, I think, actually, the first time I'm ever renting a car. I don't think I've ever rented a car before. I haven't really needed to. Yeah, like, I don't know. I just remember, like, seeing that scene and being, like, oh, like, she had to drive there. Like, that sucks. Like, ooh. She said it was nine hours. That's a lot. I know. Okay, so let's go to Kate next. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, I want to say I'm very proud of them. Right I, okay, you're in my head because I literally was so fucking proud of them this episode. I don't know why, but I was like, they're doing, like, there's not that much to talk about. And I mean, no. thankfully, we talked for a whole hour about X Files, so I'm fine with spending five minutes on Kate and Ty today, even less if we want to. But yeah. I was genuine. I don't really want to go scene by scene, actually. Let's just no. like genuinely, generally talk about it. I was genuinely proud of them. The boxing, like the packaging looked great. You know, they could have easily like outsourced this to some company. I really fucking respect that this is all made in Michigan. I, I really like that they do that. They spent like a year working on it. This isn't JE Cosmetics or or, like Amber's Forever Hot, where they just like somebody approached them, obviously, and was like, you want to put your name on this? And they were like, yeah. Like, they cl- they're they actually trying. And, like, is this going to be the most successful thing in the world? Like, I don't know. You know. Like, who fucking knows? But, like, the watching them, like, start a business is kind of impressive. And the fact that they, like, found, like, pattern makers and uh, seamstresses in Detroit and wanted to yeah. do it in Detroit. And then they're doing all the packaging themselves, like... Kate looked happy for the first time in a while. Yeah, and, like, I don't know, I was just so impressed to hear that he was, like, oh, I'll process the orders and, like, you're going to box them up as they come in. I'm, like, oh, my God, this is literally, like, the two of you running this. Like, he is taking those orders. He is processing those payments. Like, he could easily, easily just drop ship this and, like, not worry about any of this. I was frustrated with him with how mm-hmm. he was talking about the IT guy he was talking to, when he's like, I don't like this guy. I just yeah. don't like him. And I want to be like, Ryan, or not Ryan, ooh, Tyler, what tone were you using with this man who was trying to help you? Because I like, think that was the problem. I liked when the person was like, well, how many followers do you have? And he's like, well, I didn't want to tell him I had 2 million and my wife has 3 million. It's like, they need to know that. <laughs> And they I need to know that you're a celebrity. Ryan's like, or Tyler, oh, I just said it. Tyler's like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to be like, well, I'm a fucking reality star. And it's like, you're a reality star. Like, they need but, to know that you're just not some rando launching a website that your family members are going to look at. Literally, like, hundreds of thousands of people are going to try and go to this website. They need to know that, Tyler. Right, and, like, pardon me if I was like, but I, at the same time, I was like, I know you told that IT guy that's true. I'm a, like, like I, you know, he pulled that on him just in the way true. he was talking about. So it was like, but at the same time, like he did, like he did not research. You could tell I'm very proud of them, but they did not research like servers and like yeah. it should have been on its own server. This whole yeah. like, thing. I thought that was very uh, real though. Like that was like mm-hmm. a very real situation yeah. where you like just that's like every day at work somebody in my office, you know what yes. I mean? Like just having like no idea and like trying to explain to the IT person and the IT person can't understand you cuz you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Nope. Like it was and you're I think I saw someone online like that scene was very relatable and I was like, yeah. Right, and, but you're only describing your computer issue in sounds and the sound yeah. your computer is making. Yeah. Like, like me and when that, my and car like that's... is not working, I call my dad. Yeah. Like, it's making it, I don't know. It feels like now this other thing my car is doing, it's like, 
it feels like it's not shifting into gear, but, like, obviously my car's an automatic, but it, like, is, like, kind of jumping, like, when you drive stick and you're not shifting into gear, right? And my dad's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I don't know. That's just how it feels. I hate going to take my car into the shop because I feel like they literally think I'm the dumbest human being in the world. And I'm like, I don't know. It's just, like, doing Doing a thing. Figure it out. And they're like... And then they, like, return the car, and they're like, do you know that, like, your oil hasn't been changed in, like, a year, and, like, all this is wrong? And I was like, nope, didn't have an idea. Thanks. Yeah, actually, I that's probably why my car is weird and weird. Well, no, I got the oil changed not long ago. Um, Okay, so, yeah, that's all I really want to talk about with Kate and yeah, Tyler. Yeah, proud of do them. Do you have anything else that you want to say? No, Kate and Tyler, they're doing the damn thing. Yeah. Keep I going. Proud of them. Hey, guys, to hear the rest of this week's episode, come on over to patreon.com slash e psychos thank you all so much have a great week bye this has been an episode of feathers in my hair an emotionally broken psychos patreon exclusive executive producers molly mcalear and liz bentley produced by nicole matthews special thanks to sarah di giovanna for our logo head on over to our patreon page for more rewards www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos and come on over to our Facebook page for more discussion.